Calling the dogs with Chancey and Chi, and since the last time we spoke, football has happened. It has really existed. <laughs> We've seen it with our own two eyes. <laughs> we are, we are so thankful uh, that this world exists currently. As we record this, there are National Football League games that are going. Todd Gurley is wearing the red and black again, scoring mm. touchdowns, not winning games, but scoring touchdowns. As to be expected on both <laughs> yes. fronts. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but we're super pumped. Uh, it's uh, it's it's happening, and uh, couldn't couldn't be more pumped that uh, it's looking like the dogs are actually going to play. Nothing's really going to keep that from happening at this point. You know, I I, I don't want to be like a pessimist in this situation, but I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. After this last uh, last weekend of you know basically a full schedule of games for the most part. Um, I'm kind of biting my nails right now because I mean these two next two weeks are going to be pretty uh, anxious. I'm going to be pretty anxious because I mean you never know. I mean I think obviously if they're going to do it like we are doing it, like if all the schools are going to be testing these kids like two or three times a week, um, and if it goes well like this week, I'm feeling really good. But until I hear the results of all of that, uh, it's a, it is a little scary to be honest with you. But I mean, I, I don't want to take that away from the fact that we are here. We are basically a month, literally a month after the whole crazy circus that happened at the beginning of August where, are we going to have football? No, yes, yes, no, I, I don't know. And then Big Ten decides they're going to be losers, and uh, I think they're actually having another vote tonight. <laughs> I don't know when that's going to happen. Big Ten drops out, Pac-12 dropped out, nobody cares. And Big 12, ACC, and SEC said, eh, you know what, we're big boys. We're going to keep on and keep keep on keeping on. So uh, I'm proud of the guys that have – I mean, I think everybody's done a great job so far. Looking forward to the SEC, SEC getting kicked off here in a couple of weeks, no doubt about it. Yeah, game day was really reaching, having to find basically only the ACC to talk about <laughs> yesterday. Uh, well, Clemson scored again. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they uh, in Big Twelve looking uh, real bad uh, with the losses of uh, of Iowa State, and uh, it was, actually it was Chris Paul that was the uh, the celebrity announcer for game day. He picked Louisiana. He picked the Raging Cajuns, and he picked Charlotte. Um, oh, he did it. Are yeah. you serious? <laughs> he picked because he picked them for some obscure reason. He picked them for like uh, he knew somebody. Well, it was because when he played in New Orleans and uh, that for that stint, and then he played. Um, and I can't remember. He had some just stupid random connections, and it was yeah. like it was like one of those things where I was like, "Well, my." My wife lived in Louisiana, so I'm going with the Raging Cajuns. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like one of those things. And I was like, and it ended up being, it was, it was pretty wild. Well, the, there was one more. I mean, well, Kansas is such a terrible football team. You could see them losing every, anybody uh, with Charlotte. But uh, then Arkansas State beat, beat Kansas State. So, I mean, three, uh, what, what are they called, group of five teams beat three teams from Power 5 Big 12 Conference. So, they may have to consider some realignment there, uh, <laughs> or bringing in some some better teams. My gracious! But, uh, and Iowa State has that Brock Purdy uh, QB. I mean, they were supposed to be a pretty good football team. I think they were they were ranked in the top twenty five. Well, every year that they 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 stand stand out, have a have a good defense and and 
and make a name usually in the back half of the season. So uh, they were making headlines for the wrong reasons here uh, this this past week. But needless to say, real football is coming, and, and yes. because of that, uh, we're we are here today. We have gathered, and uh, we're gonna are gonna talk. Talk big stuff. Virtual uh, gathering. Virtual gathering. Virtual gathering. Uh, we have always kind of followed the social distance guidelines. I yes, mean, by, I, by hundreds of miles. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, we yeah, were I'm, doing this. We were doing this before social distancing was cool. <laughs> yeah, and and now we're here. <laughs> and here we are. Um, uh, and other news from from the weekend of football. I just had to put this on there because I wasn't pulling for Georgia Tech, but just to see. The terrible football that was Georgia Tech versus Florida State. I mean, it was miserable. We were trying. I was trying to watch it. I was like, "This is like watching just paint dry." I mean, it was miserable. Uh, I was going to say something else, but anyway. Um, anyway, yeah. I, I so that game was just absolutely terrible. But it also, you know, you're at the end. You're like, man, who's going to win this like toilet bowl that's going on right now? And, and Tech beats FSU. And I think their, like, win total for the year, like, the line was set at two and a half. So, like, the, the underbetters are like, golly, you freaking kidding me? <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, Tech, Tech squeaked one out against a terrible Florida State team who's James Blackman. I mean, that dude's been there for 17 years. <laughs> so, it's just a wild ride. And then what was the other thing you wanted to mention? About Florida, uh, yeah. So uh, Florida, uh, University of Florida was making news for the weekend for literally being a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> so some they just started tweeting out, uh, kind of over the weekend. Twitter started blowing up, and Florida's uh, stadium was on fire. <laughs> there was smoke billowing out of the stadium. Yeah, and people are just like videoing, like what's going on, and. Uh, obviously people start looking into it. Well, sure enough, there was a dumpster that was literally on fire and they don't know what happened, but people started freaking out. And of course there were a lot of good jokes that, uh, came from that and Mullen was tweeting and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, they, they were, they were burning up over the weekend. It was literally on fire. I mean, how, how, I mean, were you, Were you like actively cheering for it to burn down? Because <laughs> I was burned down, burned down. <laughs> I was like, well, I was like, well, there, there's probably no one in there. So if it just wants to go ahead and just take the whole thing, go have yeah. at it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. That's a great point. You know, you don't want anybody to get hurt. But as long as it's empty, go ahead and just burn why, that. Why not? Piece of crap down. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, yeah. That's I saw that. I, I forgot about it, and I'm glad you brought it back up. So that's uh. That's a funny thing. Well, um, I'm going to give us a, a quick uh, quarantine COVID crouton update real quick, and uh, it, it's short and sweet. We we have had three new commits since our last episode. Uh, Dejon Warren, who's the number one uh, uh, JUCO quarterback in the country, so uh, I'm, I'm hoping he can have the impact that uh, a DJ Daniel did uh, this past year. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do for us. Marlon Dean has... Committed to us before, decommitted, and then recommitted. Um, I think at some point he was actually committed to Florida before he was committed to us. I'm just really hoping at this point, like, okay, we're in in September. Uh, just make up your mind already. So I'm hoping this is going to stick. Then we also got a uh, another receiver from uh, uh, Alabama. His name is Jackson Meeks. And don't know a whole lot about his game. Not a highly rated recruit, but he is rising. So I think – 
there's a chance that we might have gotten out ahead of this thing, um, and uh, hopefully he's a guy who keeps on rising in, in the uh, rankings and whatnot. And then a couple weeks ago, there was a secret recruiting weekend because, I mean, we're still in a dead period. You know, we can't have official visits. Um, and so what – I don't know how much orchestration from the, the mastermind himself this was, but Brock Vandegrift – since he lives right down the road, says, okay, uh, I'm going to host uh, a plethora of amazing talent uh, in, in uh, Athens over the weekend. And we, we had three five-stars, Corey Foreman, Mason Smith, Amarius Mims, you know, all three huge targets. And then uh, Xavier Story, who's a linebacker that's, I mean, we need we need linebackers like him and uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? Smell Mundone. Uh, he wasn't there, though, and then Terry and Arnold, who was a four-star defensive back, uh, was also there, and then uh, we had a couple of the commits that were hanging out with him, too. So, you know, an impromptu, unofficial, nothing against the rules, by-the-book situation, uh, but nothing can stop these kids from uh, coming and hang out, hanging out with their friend and just being in Athens for the weekend. So things like that are why I've got a lot of faith in Kirby to just finish this thing out strong. So... Uh, that's all I'll say about that. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, we've had a few more crystal balls, as you say, and uh, and uh, predictions coming in for Corey and Mason Smith uh, to the to the good guys. So don't want to jinx anything. Knock on some wood near you, but let's see if we can turn this thing around and get the ball rolling with recruiting. I think once they see uh, the dogs play, I, I think we'll start to see a little bit more of the, the interest come come from all directions. So looking forward to it. Uh, Chance, we've had a lot of big news since our last episode. Go ahead and hit me with what's what's the what's the biggest thing that's happened <laughs> since the last time. Uh, the quarterback carousel is uh, <laughs> has turned into a roller coaster. Uh, it's it's all over the place. Jamie Newman has opted out in a pretty strange series of events. Just kind of. Right out of left field. Three that, weeks before the season starts. Yeah, I mean, with with no with no inkling kind of leading up to it. It was kind yeah. of just like we, we turned around and, and he had tweeted out or Twitter started blowing up with people saying that he was about to – he was going to opt out of the season. And everybody's like, whoa, 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 like where, where is this coming from? And sure enough, he, he tweets out a picture and with a letter and uh, – that he's opting out for the season. And honestly, at this point, nothing I've kind of with, with being at, with the, having a mindset of a, of a while back thinking we weren't even going to have football and then <laughs> to actually having football. And I'm like, you know what? At this point, anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Anything <laughs> can happen this year. And, and it, yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's just, who knows? And so honestly, I was, I was definitely bummed out about it, but in my mind too, I'm just I'm like, well, I mean, of course, why? <laughs> it just it just makes sense that just there's going to be more and more crap that keeps happening before this season starts, and so then immediately the speculation blows up. I mean, everybody's yeah. saying something. What, were, what was your initial? I mean, like, what do you think your initial thought on his reasoning was? Because I. I just was like, "What?" There's so many different scenarios. I, I just couldn't really figure out why in the hell he did this. Well, my my initial thought was after kind of like just processing it, I'm like, "Well, he had to see the writing on the wall that he could get beat out. 
Like mm-hmm. that that was my just initial thought that and then I heard from some other people that uh know some folks on the team and things like that that were saying that the guy wasn't taking it so seriously, wasn't really being around for, for team meetings. He was not he wasn't he wasn't uh showing that he had the initiative whether or not any of that's true. But for a guy I've heard who, I've heard similar things, but Right. Which yeah. which to me and based on everything we're hearing from the guys that are were quote unquote behind him, mm-hmm. it they want it. They want it bad. And they're gonna and they're they came here to make that happen. And so to me I'm thinking if he's gonna drop out after one scrimmage and after a few let the guy go. Had a bunch of people mm-hmm. that were that were kind of tweeting after <laughs> people that were saying like Good luck, man. Damn good dog, and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> he's absolutely not. <laughs> Damn good dog, man. He was never. I mean, he was a dog for a month. <laughs> there was the one. There was the one tweet, the video that was um, that had the the video of like Jamie Newman highlights and it was him doing the promo <laughs> with the jersey on and all that and then it has like the Hall of Fame song like that, that song from like 10 years ago that and I was just I was crying um it, yeah, it was, was like the it was like what they show in this on the state like on the jumbotron or whatever, yeah right like his his like and Jamie Newman starting quarterback you know and then it's got him like LED lights flipping the ball around and it's like well that's your that's your montage. <laughs> exactly. And, and so that's kind of where I was. I was like, you, you know, I, if he, if, if that's what's going to cause him to drop, that's where, that's where I was at, you know, um, that's where my mind was. So he's, he's opting out for, to prepare for the draft or whatever. So anyway, that was kind of my, my thought. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, there's there's a few different scenarios, like I said, that have, have come out, and I, I think the most likely thing is, you know, this guy probably came in thinking this is going to be a silver platter situation, and I'm going to be coming in here, I'm going to be the guy, and then you realize, okay, I came from Wake Forest where there's uh, zero talent to my left and zero talent to my right, and come to Georgia, and I've got, I mean. We've seen Dewan, We've heard about Dewan Mathis. We've heard about Carson Beck, and we've heard about JT. And you know they didn't obviously. You know I think JT came in. What we brought him in two or three months after Newman decided to come in. And so I mean I think he thought okay this is going to be my team whatever. And then also when you start to look at it and you have the talent behind you and may may or may not be behind you. I don't know. I mean, hell, we JT could have been the guy for all we know and and people are just speculating that Newman was the first string because I mean, we've seen I've seen you know practice notes where okay, JT's taking the first reps. Okay, Jamie Newman's taking the first reps. I mean, who who was the guy we don't know and we may never know before, you know, before he left, but uh, of course there's a lot of people that are thinking okay, say he gets halfway through the season, has one bad game, gets benched, that's going to obviously negatively affect his draft stock. And right now he's already been hyped up on, you know, his obviously his potential and a lot of what he did at Wake Forest as far as, you know, his his accuracy and his power numbers and his his, his throwing ability. And 
you know, there's a chance that that could get screwed up in a season. So I understand if he's like, okay, I got to make the best decision for me. It's just I agree with you. The timing just didn't make sense. It's just like, man, you you're trying to be the guy three weeks before the season. Some people are saying there may have been an agent that uh, kind of got in his ear, kind of thing. I don't want to speculate too much on that. I mean, the kid may have had actually just really good intentions, and maybe it didn't work out. But we'll get into you know the QB competition from here on out a little in a little bit. But right now, it's just like, man, I, there's just so many question marks on the Jamie Newman situation. Well, in the hype train. When we got him, like mm-hmm. he was the second coming, <laughs> and everybody, <laughs> everybody was so just out of their mind uh, when we got when he when he wanted to uh, come in, and the guy, uh, like I said, we I was I was on the train. I was like, all right, Jamie Newman's. We, we've talked about it. he's he's going to be the guy. He's the guy that has the most experience. He has uh, by far the most amount of reps. I mean, heck, the guy was on Heisman lists, and yeah. and, and everybody was was talking him up. And um, so, to me, the the best thing that ever happened for his draft stock was being at the University of Georgia for three months or whatever it was. I mean, he because he probably realized after being there for a couple scrimmages your chances are not going to get better once this season starts. Like in his mind, he's thinking I have given myself a shot just by showing up to a premier SEC school and just Mm -hmm. being simply associated with it for a little period of time and gets you a bunch of headlines. And then you actually get out there on the field and you realize I may not be starting, but come December or come November. He's not going to be handed the job. Right. And and because I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, what I'll say was if, he knows that there's any chance of him not having that job. His whole kind of what you were saying, all his draft stock is is pretty much gone. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it kind of goes away with him if he gets beat out by a Carson Beck or by a, a Dewan Mathis, a, a guys who have never started uh, uh, any football. And so he had to see the writing on the wall that he he sees where his stock's at now, and the the chances of it going higher were getting smaller. And right. so he went. He went yeah. the route he did. And so I'm not gonna knock the guy either way. But to me, you, you just going from a pure numbers perspective, he didn't see this. Like he he saw the writing on on the wall. Like yeah, it, it, his chances weren't gonna get any better. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think I really do. And and then of course there's a chance that maybe he was QB two. I don't know. Um, I'll say this. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit more like I, I don't by no means like hate the kid. By I mean like he's just doing what's best for him or whatever. Oh, it's yeah. just the timing on it is really the only thing that pissed me off because it's like man, you're trying to work up, you know, you're you're trying to have a an impact, you know, on this team and you're trying to be a leader on this team and you're gonna be, uh, you're gonna be the offensive guy. I mean, you're gonna be the the general, the field general, and then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, peace. So I don't know. That's that just kind of rubs me the wrong way, but it is what it is, and that's kind of how, unfortunately, that's kind of how college football is these days. Uh, well, chance, you know, coming off of that, talking about you know Newman and and uh, you know another guy that we were talking about you know earlier that we're gonna miss a lot as a downfield threat or really just a threat on the offensive side of the ball period was Dominique Blaylock. He 
towards the same ACL that he tore against LSU. Um, he's out for the season. Um, we'll kind of get into later, like, who, who do we think is going to fill in for him. But I hate it for the guy because, I mean, you're talking about a guy that is – I don't know if there's a harder worker. I mean, he uh, he's obviously – Proved himself last year enough to to have significant playing time, and then worked his tail off this past off season to be ready for the season, and then uh, you know gets hurt in practice, and, and apparently it was a non-contact situation, so probably similar to Zamir a couple of years ago. So uh, just unfortunate. And then um, Trey McKitty, who is probably likely to be the uh, first tight end. Uh, or the number one tight end. He also had a situation with his knee, and he had it, he had it scoped. There's a chance that he might still be available, like the first you know one or two games of the season. Uh, but uh, man, I'll be honest with you. After him, I'm a little concerned about our tight ends because Darnell, although a freak and has all the physical attributes and all that, uh, he's he's raw, man. He's a raw tight end, and I think he will turn into all-SEC guy. But right now, they're just trying to get weight off of him and get him, you know, and, and you know, to to be a, a good blocker in the system. So anyway, uh, Trey McKitty, hopefully he can be back, and maybe he maybe he'll be back for this first game. I don't know if that's like even possible, but you know, we'll see how that goes. Chance, did y'all are y'all gonna be in Sanford? What's the situation? Are y'all gonna y'all gonna get ticks or what? There are some tickets. Um, to be honest, I don't know if I'm. I've got to find out kind of what the details are. I mean, we've got some tickets coming in, uh, but not sure if I'm going to be able to uh, sit in a stadium with a mask on or something uh, in 150 degree weather <laughs> and just basically with this humidity, you're basically waterboarding yourself. <laughs> I, I think if you sit, I think in the seat, you don't, you don't have to wear it. I think Maybe if you so. get up from your seat what, whatsoever. So does that mean like if you stand up because you're a stand upper and I'm a stand upper. <laughs> well, what I was excited about, what I, what I was excited about was I have so much room for activities. I can run around. <laughs> I can run around punch people in the face, do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and, and, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to, to, to go into the stadium. Uh, but we're going to, I kind of want to see how it all plays out, but, uh, definitely going to be in Athens when the dogs are in town for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, how about well, you? Have y'all gotten any? Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, uh, they're doing a 20 to 25% capacity with Sanford. I think they're going to start out, start out with 20%. And they have done socially distanced uh, seating where everybody has, is going to have a seat back. And there's going to be uh, sets of four all throughout the seat, stadium. And, in fact, Chancey, I meant to send it to you. Uh, I actually, when I was running by there the other day, I had seen, like, they had actually the whole stadium, even the 600 sections uh, section were were all set up and ready to go and i mean i'm telling you it's it's an interesting feeling i mean i i looked at i mean it's like part of me is like ah well that's sad as hell to see but then a part of me is like man i'm proud of our athletic department for making this work you you watch the nfl today right so i mean you saw most of the state uh, excuse me most of the uh teams are not even having fans in the stands yet well only i mean ja- only jacksonville it's the only it just one. them? It's only Jacksonville that had people in the stadium. I love the South. <laughs> Jacksonville's <laughs> like, we've all got COVID. <laughs> I have played Everybody come on in. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's a great point. It's just such a trash town, but you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, uh, to answer your question, I personally, my my brother and I opted out of the seats because we do not have enough points to where. Well, I think we may have gotten the 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 worst two games, uh, Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, uh, with you know four home games. I just if we weren't gonna have Auburn or Tennessee, and if we were gonna be in the six hundred section, because I mean all the donors, all the big donors are gonna want to get all four games. So I mean very good likely percentage that we were going to be stuck up in the nosebleeds. I don't know if you've ever set up in the 600s before. Yes. It is not worth it in the least of bits. So I told I told my brother, I said, look, you know, we can, if need be, we can find a way in for Auburn and Tennessee. Otherwise, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly watch it on somebody's 70-inch TV. Like, you know, yeah. my brother's, not mine. But, you know, he's <laughs> he's got the big-ass TV. So, anyway, that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. But it is... I think they've done a really good job of setting it up and making it happen, and I'm proud of them for doing that. Um, you know, re- remains to be seen how it's going to look on on uh, national television. But I just can't. You know, you go to the games for the atmosphere. I mean, I'm addicted, and I know you are too. To the Sanford Stadium, you walk in and you feel it. You feel it down in your loins. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, sir. And I, and I know you know, but. That's what I want. Like I don't want to go in there and be like, "This is a half-ass," and it's not—it's nobody's fault in the administration. But I mean, this is a half-ass game that I'm about to witness. I mean, even though it's if we're playing Auburn or Tennessee or whatever. But anyway, that's that's kind of my take on it, and I'm I'm expecting it to be, you know, I think everybody's going to enjoy it if they're going to be there. But I also am, uh, you know, happy that they are rewarding those who decided to opt out with priority point deals and things like that so i you know it is what it is but uh it's just a weird year for everybody so i'm i'm looking forward to them making it happen uh, one way or the other yeah i'm i'm kind of with you uh not not sure if i'm gonna go in uh but anyway we're gonna we're gonna play it by ear. just thankful we got like we said we got we got football coming so um we're gonna we're gonna make it happen uh one way or another yes sir well, uh, Chance, um, I don't know if you've seen this, but the I think the Virginia Tech football team, apparently they have a considerable amount of COVID guys on the team. And I, I don't know, you know, if it's if it's just a bunch of starters and they decided to do this, but I think I, – did you see anything about it? I think they've actually moved back. I think they may have postponed the first three games of their season. Did you see that? Mm, I had not seen that. That's the one thing I'm concerned about, man. Is like if this thing, it's you can't really do it like with the pros, uh, you know, in any sport like NHL, uh, NFL, whatever. Like you know, if they need to postpone, they can reschedule and make it happen, whatever. But you know, with these kids, I mean, I don't know how easy that's going to be, and that's my biggest concern. Uh, but it's it's one of those things where if we can get everybody be on the same page, there doesn't have to be this all this huge disclosure. I mean, these kids could probably play a dang football game, and ha- all of them have COVID. These are these are like some of the most <laughs> healthy kids in the in in the United States compared to you know the average. So I don't know what. 
I don't. I guess you hadn't seen that, so I, don't, I you know, obviously don't want to get your take on it. But I didn't know if you had seen it, so I wanted to make sure I brought it up. But it is a little scary. But right now we get two weeks. Let's keep everybody healthy, and then lead into the season. Well, uh, and and that's it's it's all it's and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. And none of that surprises me at this point. You just kind of have to be ready for anything. And my my whole my whole deal is is just like you can't expect something you can't be surprised when something like that happens yeah because uh, some weird stuff is about to happen over the next three months i yeah. mean it's just it's gonna happen and uh and i think a lot of people are going about this the right way i think the nfl is and i i think a lot of college football is i mean you can hear uh, see a lot of people talking about how greg stanky has handled this and uh and have spoken very highly of him and I think we're going to do the best thing. I mean, we've talked about this before. Kirby is going to put – just as an example of somebody that's going to put every measure in place to make sure we play football. I mean, mm-hmm. it's – it's he's – they're not going to – they're not going to hold anything back. So – but you can't – you can't prevent everything. And, and so you just have to – you have to understand that something can happen at any given moment. So we you just can't gotta, we just got to take for, what we can get. Yeah, you can't prepare for everything. But uh, Kirby Smart's pretty damn close. <laughs> he's he's got a lot of it covered. So, uh, man, I you got you got to trust him, Ron Corson. I mean, he's he's on the you know task force for the SEC. So uh, these guys, I mean, we've got professionals, and obviously Kirby is very good at managing his entire team. He's he's as good of a GM in college football as there can be. So. Looking forward to seeing how we combat everything, but right now we're going to stay on the positive track. Chance season preview: Who's going to be the starting quarterback? Justin Fields. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I was hoping you were going to say Joe Cox. <laughs> At this point, like I said, that might be the one thing that would surprise me is if Joe <laughs> Cox was our starting quarterback. Uh, well, today we actually got. We did have a scrimmage uh, this past weekend, and or this past week, and got some. There were some eyes on the on the field, and Aaron Murray actually just. I don't know if you saw his video that he. Tweeted I, I out. didn't watch it. I saw that. So he was there, right? Yeah. So he was there. Uh, I don't know who all was there, but uh, from a quarterback perspective, he he said that. Well, he, he gave he gave a couple of, of takes, but basically he said that Dewan was Dewan took most of the, the first team snaps from the scrimmage, mm-hmm. and that was pretty pretty understood. Uh, I mean, everybody talked about that, and he said that Dewan he he felt like Dewan carried himself well. He said he he thought he played well, but he said the guy that did the best was Carson Beck, and he said he was playing against the second team, but he said that he just he had a huge arm and 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 did well, but everything's kind of leaning towards Dewan being the guy and uh you just which is just weird to say because no one has been saying that up until this point but everything like we just talked about with Jamie Newman and everything that's going on people are leaning towards Dewan there's a lot of speculation around is JT going to be cleared Kirby was kind of talking about that he was going to be cleared but it still Mm -hmm. wasn't official so 
Is there kind of some some smoke and mirrors going on? There's is, definitely some gamesmanship going on, right? Because right. Kirby knows exactly when when he, JT's going to be cleared. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and so even if there's still some question as to when that's going to happen, if, if JT's going to be ready for that first game, uh, we're not real sure. But at the same time, if you're going into a season and you don't know who that guy's going to be or you're still uncomfortable. DeWan brings an X factor with his legs that not other people, not a lot of other, not those other guys don't have to a degree. Right. And, and so right. DeWan kind of gives you a wrinkle, uh, especially from a week one perspective that you may not have had otherwise uh, that gives Monken a little bit more playbook to, to go with. Uh, and so, and then that just makes the defense have to prepare even more for another uh, ball carrier, and so you've you've got that wrinkle added to it. I have no idea who. I mean, <laughs> I'm saying all that to say in your professional opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I had to, I feel like the safe bet's Dewan, but I, I still think that it's very possible that JT can be can can be the one to take the first snap. And so, yeah, I, I have no idea uh, who who it's going to be because, like we said last time, we all last time we gathered, it was. Jamie Newman was our guy, and he was going <laughs> to lead us lead us to victory. But I do want to kind of temper. I know we might be one of the worst fan bases in terms of just getting ourselves so pumped up and just super hyped. And hell, it's why we do this. <laughs> yeah, like yeah that's so... <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> this is that's why how it... <laughs> the Calling the Dogs podcast was born. It's like we did this every week anyway, and so we would get this pumped up. But it's like don't. It... Don't come into this season expecting a, a Heisman candidate quarterback. Like, don't – no matter who the guy is, it, don't don't get to that point. And, and to me, it's – you want a guy that uh, is going to give you the best chance to win and but and just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And, and so, I, I don't know who that guy is because we haven't seen any of these guys take a snap. I mean, right. in, a, in a dog's uniform. And so that's a that's a scary thing, but um, it just like I say don't don't now that Jamie's out of there, Jamie's gone, and Dewan might be the guy. Don't con- try to convince yourself that he he was the the guy that was coming all along. all along. You know, yeah. <laughs> give me a hey, give me a DJ Shockley all day. Absolutely. I mean, I, like this guy. That's I mean because. And I, and I don't want to say that as, like, a favoritism on, on Dewan's part. I, I like Dewan, and I want, like, if he's the guy, I'm excited for it. But, you know, give me a guy who's worked his tail off or whatever or who's flying under the radar and then goes and just wins championships. No big deal. So, I you know, I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if it's just a little premonition here or what. But uh, literally, like, I think – right before we started recording, and it may still be on, the 2005 SEC Championship was being replayed on, like, SEC Network or ESPNU or something like that. And I was just like, ooh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I thought about that. And I, the way I'll put it is, I think JT's got a lot of talent. Everybody, Everybody's still so unproven that I, I just am trying to put as much trust in Kirby's process as possible. But I will say, if Dewan is really the, the uh, as talented as, as we think he may be, I am definitely pulling for him because of what he has faced and has overcome. And, I mean, the guy's motivated. 
So, I mean, maybe we see a guy like a Joe Burrow situation, and I, I don't want to like say Dewan is Joe Burrow, but you know, Joe Burrow, I felt like it was just an inner like motivation. He was just, he just said, he, I'm just driven to make sure we are going to get out and get that national championship. And and he had a average subpar year the year before, and then comes out and has the best single season of any quarterback in the history of college football. So I'm not saying that's what Dewan's going to do, but give me a little extra motivation like that. I think Jake Roos, I sent this to you earlier, but Jake Roos of uh, rivals like UGASports.com, he, you know, he put it really well. He's like, I mean, you're not going to find a guy who's more motivated. He, Justin Fields transfers to Ohio State. He decides, okay, got this superstar coming in. I'll go to Georgia committed to Georgia, has a brain cyst, has to have surgery, and then he's kind of buried behind, you know, guys that have been obviously higher ranked than him, just keeps working and keep moving forward, and now maybe he's got a shot. So I, I, I love that about Dewan. On the other hand, JT's did have a first full season, albeit it was in Pac-12. He played at USC threw a lot of interceptions, but he's a talented guy, former five-star. So it's like, okay, give me – we got a little bit of talent over here. I mean, a lot of talent over here, and we got a lot of motivation over here. Who's going to win this battle? So I, I think either way, we're not falling off really far from where we were if Jamie Newman – you know, Jamie Newman not opted out, or since he opted out. Well, and all these guys are coming in with the same – they're they're all coming in fresh because we got a brand new offensive coordinator. We've got a whole new scheme. Everybody's kind of starting at the same point to a mm-hmm. de- to a degree. And I mean, even with uh, even with JT having a full season under his belt, I mean, Dewan was at Ohio State. I mean, he has seen he's been exposed to those big game atmospheres, and, and he's seen a lot. He's seen a lot of that. Been a part of that. Having to play uh, against Ohio State, practice Ohio, against Ohio State every week—that's a tall order. Uh, I mean, yeah. so the guy, the guys, the guys seen competition, and, and so I'm not gonna, like I said, I'm not gonna sit here and get hyped up about where's where's his ceiling. It could be infinite. The guy's the, gonna be the next best quarterback. Uh, I want a guy who's gonna play hard and he's gonna protect the ball and he's gonna give us the best chance to win because we can't. We, we we can do worse than we did on offense last year. <laughs> it's, it's possible to do worse. I don't think we will do worse. Not very likely. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I'm getting at. It's not likely that we can be worse. Um, so just even bringing a, a, a new wrinkle to the to our offense would give us a just give us some life. I think that we need and uh, just just gives us a a, a leg up uh, because as we're going to talk about on the other side of the ball. We are ready to go, <laughs> and the next, I... and the next, and the second string, all, the whole second string, they're ready to go. <laughs> I mean, it's just we, we. It's a, it's a, it's just a treasure trove on the defensive side, and we got. You know me. I'm a defensive. <laughs> I love the defense, and damn if I like this whole defense. I'm just like, there is no weakness. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with these guys. It's <laughs> the 300, just the, the make a wall and the, the movie, and, and that is our that is our defense. And which anyway, we we we'll, we'll get to them in a second. But uh, 
I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I think there's some opportunity with our with our offense. I think Monken brings just honestly any mindset change, any kind of aggressive mindset. We just haven't had an aggressive minded offensive coordinator ever. I mean, like it, it's just been. I mean, I mean, really and truly, and correct me if I'm wrong. Bobo was the most aggressive guy in terms of throwing the ball that we've had. I mean, that was our la- the last guy we've had. And, and, I mean, you'll remember this. I mean, Bobo used to be – I mean, I think early on in, in Bobo's career, there was a lot of – and what people say about Kirby now with with some of his coordinators and whatever, but I feel like Rich, you know, there was definitely like a little bit of, hey, I still kind of want to control a little bit of this aspect of the game situation. And then he let, the, let him open it up a little bit more. But, yeah, I mean, we were the historically the most – best scoring offenses we've ever had were under Bobo. And, I mean, Murray, in those years, was slinging the ball around. Oh, yeah. We, we were all – it was it was our defenses that kept putting us <laughs> – our, our defenses were freaking Swiss cheese out there getting getting gashed <laughs> alive. And um, But I, I think that that's what gets me excited, just a, a more uh, aggressive-minded uh, uh, coach. And, and, well, and that's what we've – heard of him as I mean we haven't seen him I mean he's been in the NFL for a while and things like that but I, I'm excited about it uh, I, I think I'm not expecting us to be the top offense in, in the SEC but if we have any higher offensive production than we did last year and our defense is even just as good as it was last year it'll be a beautiful thing to watch yeah yeah I agree I, I think that Munkin's Munkin's offense is not an air raid per se, but it is definitely more options than a. Sh- I mean, the we've the past several. I mean, basically everybody after Bobo, uh, every coordinator we've had has been a very streamlined offense. You know, we're going to make sure we run the ball and then on early downs, and then we'll throw on third if we need to. We'll run on. I mean, we'll pass on first every now and then. You know, kind of like uh, you, you don't really have as many options. I think Munkin's going to make it a little bit more dynamic. I mean, we've already seen a lot of people get really excited about James Cook and how he's going to fit into this offense and, and say, okay, because he's a guy that you can't really run between the tackles. And then you've – so if you can get him in motion and split him out into the uh, slot or something like that and make a play that way and then also have a mobile quarterback, which is why I like DeJuan, but at the same time, JT – is not he's not a statue. I mean, Fromm was definitely more so of a strat- statue than him. I mean, JT can actually run run the ball relatively well. So, I think all in all, we're going to be a little bit like I said, a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more options on on offense, and and uh, it's a facto. I think we will be better on offense, but then also at the same time, you're looking at the offensive line. We lose a lot of experience there. We lost our two, you know, twin towers on the left end and right uh, tackle. We keep, you know, Trey Hill stays there. Justin Schaefer's coming back, who was injured last year. Uh, ben Cleveland's going to come back. I mean, obviously, he's always been a little bit of a question mark. One game he'll dominate, then one game he'll look like an ass hat. Uh, <laughs> and I, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that. What 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 are your thoughts on the offensive line? I mean, I mean, have you what have you read? What have you seen? I mean, who's going to be guys that we can depend on there? Well, I think you got Matt Luke coming in as uh, the 
offensive line coach, and I don't think we're going to have a huge drop from a coaching standpoint. I think uh, losing Sam Pittman and but getting Matt Luke, I, I don't think you're, I don't think there's a big, a big change there. Uh, Love Matt Luke. Oh yeah, I, I've been everything I've I've seen about him and, and talked about him uh, or have read about him has been uh, just just positive and. I've been impressed with everything I've I've seen so far with him. Uh, I, you're right. We lost so much on on the offensive line, which which means that you kind of have to have a mobile quarterback <laughs> because yeah. I mean some of these defenses we're going to play. I mean they they've got a chance to to really eat us up uh, and and get to the quarterback, and so. You got to have a guy that can can handle the pressure, um, but at the same time, we've got a lot of kind of like you were saying earlier, uh, talking about Washington. Got a lot of raw talent up front, mm-hmm. and so I, I think if these guys, if we can, one thing we struggled with last year is we because of injuries and things like that, we could never get that chemistry right. You never got right. that mix, and then you could uh-huh. never keep them the whole time. It was always trying to figure out what that needed to be. And that and that group is by far the most important that you have to have that chemistry uh, of who's in the right spot, and uh, yeah. and I think if somebody's going to help us figure that out, Luke's going to have what it takes to do that. And I'm hoping by these young guys coming in, we can kind of find out where their spot is pretty quick. Some guys that aren't um, kind of coming in saying that I want to be in this position or I want to be in that position. And based off of scrimmage notes that you, you see and what people are saying, guys are kind of moving around, trying them in new spots. So don't know if we have that set line yet, but. Um, well, uh, you, I don't know if you remember, like, I think it was actually our last uh, episode. We talked about how a lot of people were talking about uh, Xavier Truss might fill that right tackle spot because as far as I'm concerned, Jamari saw the left side of the of the uh, offensive line seems to be pretty set, and I and that is and, and center. I, I mean Trey Hill is going to be the center, and then you got Jamari Sawyer is going to move out to the left tackle. He's I mean, you know if he has a good year, I could see certainly see him being a first rounder or projected first rounder next uh, this uh, you know coming uh, draft. But then Justin Schaefer, who was uh, also, obviously had that neck injury last year, and then Trey Hill, and then. You know, Ben Cleveland's going to be in that right guard spot, which I think is personally he's moved around a little bit, but uh, personally I think he's that's his spot. And I don't want to I don't want to rag on Ben Cleveland. I think he's he's a hell of a talent, but he's going to be comfortable where he is, and he's not comfortable in the tackle spots. But he's he's got enough get up and go in him to play that guard position pretty well. So I I think he's pretty much sold on that. The biggest question mark is right tackle. We've seen here lately, out of nowhere, I thought it was going to be Xavier Truss or Warren McClendon that might move out to that right tackle spot, and then out of nowhere, people are saying Owen Owen uh, Condon is getting getting those reps in the right tackle. Kid, I mean, he's freaking six seven, over 300 pounds from Oklahoma. He was kind of a project guy that was brought in a couple of years ago. Now all of a sudden, man, is he about to take over Isaiah Wilson's spot? I don't know. This is wild. <laughs> no one was ready for it. But like I said, it could just be – it can be that combination of coach and a guy ready at the right time to kind yeah. of get them into that spot and, and can be that guy to kind of mold them and, and, and get them where they, where they need to be. So 
I'm I'm ready. For, I'm I'm I can. I'm kind of having putting. I'm having trouble putting my words together right here. <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is I don't. I don't know who to expect as our as our first line when we take that first snap uh, in yeah. Arkansas. So uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Well, I mean, you know, look at the guys that are even behind. I mean, every this is the beauty of having. Sam Pippen, and then, and I tell you what, I mean, with Matt Luke, I know I said earlier, like, I love that guy. I was sold on him. I was almost sold on him because he came in in the Sugar Bowl and he was awesome. All the players were, like, buying into him and all that. But then the fact that he kept all of our best recruits from last year that were committed to us, uh, I was like, yeah, Matt Luke's <laughs> my boy. <laughs> love that guy because if we can keep on recruiting these offensive linemen and then get even more and more. Uh, elite defensive lineman. That's how you win in the SEC. That's how Alabama did it. That's how uh, has done it for years. That's how LSU did it last year. So I mean, we we just can't got to keep building because I'm looking at a projected depth chart right here. I mean, the guys that are behind everybody. I mean, everybody's capable. Everybody can even get plugged in there. We had two five star tackles commit to us last year: Tate Ratledge and Broderick Jones. We'll find a way, but it's just a matter of is Owen Condon going to be the guy that's going to be able to hold that down that side of the line and a lot of people are talking about was like well anybody can look like crap against this defensive front that we <laughs> that they practice against oh gracious so it's just i mean i feel bad for the kid having to go and get, go up against them but i mean that's about as good as the practice you can get oh yeah i mean <laughs> look oh man it just gets me so so excited uh to watch this happen and i'm I am every day. I'm more and more thankful that Arkansas is our first game. Gracious um, a lot. It's, you ain't kidding. It, uh, it it makes me makes me more and more. I'm just more and more thankful as we as we inch closer to it because Lord have mercy. Um, but you kind of talked about this earlier. So another big question mark is tight end. Um, any other thoughts on that? Uh, I, I had um, some. Uh, I had some folks say that talking about Washington he's just a just a giant human being just a, yeah. a monster of a person um but with like say with with Kenny kind of banged up is what are, what are you thinking there it's uh I think it's McKitty's job to lose but obviously with this this injury and having to have the scoping surgery I I, I am a little concerned because and, and it's kind of one of those things that well you brought in a five-star tight end and then you also have a transfer with with a lot of a, a a good amount of playing experience. I mean, he's he's an older fella. I mean, he's upperclassman, uh, and a lot of people started to feel comfortable about it. It's like, well, Georgia tight ends, well, <laughs> they don't normally do a whole lot of catching anyway. So as long as they block, you know, kind of thing. But now we've got Monken, so it's like, okay, is Darnell, you know, is with Monken coming in, is Darnell, you know, going to be a big factor, or is he even going to be able to play? Because you can't. It doesn't matter how good of a, tight, a catching tight end you are. Uh, in the SEC, you cannot play tight end, the tight end position without being a really good blocker. I mean, you go back and look at some of the guys that have come out of here, you know, coming out of the SEC here lately. I mean, even uh, what's his face, Moss, Randy Moss's uh, son over at LSU. I mean, he was a hell of a ball catcher, but he also was was a solid. Uh, he was a solid blocker, and then you got like guys like OJ Howard as well. So, uh, I. I'm a, I'm probably con- most concerned about it as a position group. I would say, 
And and that yeah, I would, I would definitely say I'm most concerned about tight end than anywhere else, including quarterback. But that's only because the guys that are behind we have like four guys behind them behind well excuse me behind McKitty. There's like four guys that are in that you know junior and senior range that a lot of them been banged up. A lot of them don't have a lot of game experience. So I'm a little concerned about that. But if you got Darnell. I mean, I've heard that Dornell's a good blocker. If he can be a goal line situation tight end and we can get McKitty back healthy if he's ready for the first or second game. We don't <laughs> we don't have to have him for Arkansas. I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't have to have, I mean, get him healthy for, for the next game or, or Alabama or whatever, but you know, if we can have him as early as possible it would be nice. But um yeah, uh, we don't have to have him for Arkansas. They're pretty much F C S team. Yeah. Well, and I'm with you. I, I've been worried about it. Uh, I think Washington's got a – it's a pretty high uh, – there, there's a big chance of a bust or a big chance of a boom, if you will. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah. To, and so opportunity for him to, as the season progresses, to, to kind of turn into that guy. That, that's a that's an area that – I mean, Nauta was, Nauta was great uh, for us and – I feel like we didn't target him enough, and I don't know what all that was. But that that's an area that we have not – we haven't – a lot of the bigger teams that you see, a lot of the teams that gashed us, it was with that tight end play. I mean, they mm-hmm. were had a good tight end. Um, and in the NFL, you see – Notre Dame, yeah, Florida. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're two they're – uh, the two biggest weapons they had – or their, two, their biggest weapons against us were a big tight end, a good tight end. And um, – NFL tight ends are the talk of the town right right now. Um, with, uh, I mean, you've got great tight ends across the league, and uh, that's something. Kittle, we, Travis Kelsey, exactly, yeah, those, exactly. Those guys are, are are making difference on big teams, and, and we're that's just something we haven't had. And uh, it's, it, I just I hope we can get to that point, and I hope one of these guys can step up and be that. I think Washington has the best chance of becoming that, but it it could be two months before that's before he's getting to looking something like that, or it may not, it may not happen this year. Um, so you, you won't, we, we gotta have, we, I think we need something in that position just to give us a chance. Um, but we've got to, we gotta have that guy that can also help us open up the run game and, and be that blocker on the outside. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't see that as being a, a huge position for us this year, but it, it ended up, it could end up being that way. But, it does give me a little, uh, little bit of worry, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely the position group I'm most worried about, but I don't want to say that it's like you know a big like doom and gloom situation. I think it'll get worked out. It's just kind of a matter of we've got a lot of inexperience, and then we got a guy who's transferred in who's hurt, so. You know, we need to get that figured out. We need to see if he can get healthy. Uh, you know, early on in the season. Um, Chance, uh, we talked about earlier about how Blaylock was out, um, and he's going to be out for the season. He's tore, he tore his ACL again. Uh, that's another thing about Dom, excuse me, Dominique is that not only did I consider him to be my our number two receiver, uh, but he's also our number one punt returner. And so I'm, I'm trying to. There's guys all over the field, in my opinion, that are athletic enough that they can they can go fill that void. I, I, I'm looking at, I think Tyreek Stevenson would be a hell of a punt returner. 
And then there's probably one of those young receivers. I mean, if it's uh, Rosemi or uh, maybe Burton, Jermaine Burton, uh, he's another guy. Jermaine Burton's another guy who's we've seen come up in some of this discussion from the recent scrimmage who's been a impact player as a true freshman. And so everybody's been really excited about him. I don't know. Is he going to come in and kind of be, you know, an athlete in that situation, and be a punt returner? I don't know. I who else, is there? Somebody else you think of that might be, might be in that situation? They might fill fill that spot for Blaylock. I mean, nobody outside of that really that that I know of, unless there's just somebody, uh, somebody else that's just hasn't been talked about, but not having uh, that sure-handed guy. No, no one has to return punts this year. Just just fair catch everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> nobody. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, w- but I think I think that Arian Smith though is another true freshman who, I mean, we trusted Dominic to do it last year, right? And then remember, uh, was it Terry Godwin that also did it a little bit last year, and yeah. he dropped a few punts. Yeah, he, uh, he was supposed to be the sure-handed guy. He was supposed to be the yeah. guy to catch the fair balls and stuff like that, and uh, didn't end up happening every time. But um, well, Tyler Simmons was he caught he caught the uh, he caught yeah some. But Simmons last year yeah Godwin won Godwin yeah. won on the team last he, year he, he yeah. Was, yeah but Simmons, Simmons was that guy last year he was a guy and he did yeah. drop he did drop some punts he dropped the Notre Dame one I think he dropped yeah. one in Notre Dame yep yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep sure that's the guy <laughs> it was him oh we've we've raked him through the coals enough um, I know his and I think he made the Texans. I'm pretty sure he yeah. made the roster. <laughs> I'm like, I, I read earlier actually. There's there was 51 dogs that made uh, NFL rosters, which is awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. And some of them uh, today were making uh, making some noise for the good and for the bad, and sometimes both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I just we, we just need somebody in that position that is going to catch the ball, and so I'm hoping that uh, Cochran doesn't get real excited and, and try to get the the flashiest guy back there. We want a guy that can catch the ball and is going to be is going to make sure that we don't turn the ball over because I think we we need to be at that point where it's our our special teams is at least when we're receiving punts is a good safety safety net. We we feel confident that we can just catch the ball. Yeah. Well, um I think I saw that Logan Gray had another year of eligibility. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> the quarterback of the oh, future. Man, man, talk about a talk about a bus, but you know, Chancey, I'm with you, man. I, I I do want a little bit more. I want some athleticism back there, but the bottom line is you don't drop punts. So I mean, if you got a guy like Blaylock, Blaylock dropped that one against Auburn, and then that was his that was his only drop of the year, I think. And but otherwise, like if you got a guy, all you need is a guy who can catch it and get at least maybe ten or fifteen yards. If they get over fifteen, then that's then they are in the SEC. That is about as good as you can. I mean, as as much as you can ask for. So, ten or fifteen yards, that'll be fine. But I mean, you got to be sure-handed. Number one, uh, chance. I want to get to the schedule here in a second and kind of get your thoughts looking through the season, uh, and then you know we'll get to that you know real quickly. But just want to talk real quick about the defense. I know we haven't like a lot of our topics here have been more so offensive-minded. But this defense could be historically good for for the dogs here this year, and I want I want to get your thoughts on what is the strongest position group 
Huh. It doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to be like middle linebacker or outside linebacker. It, like you know, just the three biggest position groups on the defense. What do you think is our strongest asset to the team? Oh, oh, <laughs> you're getting me excited. Um, oh, you didn't prepare me. You didn't give me time to think about this question. No, I didn't. Even though I did, it just I, came to me. Even though I think about it all the time. Um. I really think I really am excited about our linebackers. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I just I feel good about them. Um, I, I think I mean I think you look at Nakobe Dean. I mean he's he's getting me pumped up. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I, I just think we got so many guys that can play in that position that we're just going to be solid across the board. Um, but at the same time, you look at you look at um, you look at our our defensive line. Oh, and they and they get me excited too. <laughs> I was really excited. Well, about you all. you can get excited about everybody. And the thing is about the linebackers is that also encompasses a lot of our pass rush because of the three four right. defense, you know. And so, I mean, you've got guys. I mean, yeah. If I'm being real, I think like the number one guy I'm most excited about on the defense is Nolan Smith. Oh yeah. I love that man. <laughs> but then you also got guys like Jordan Davis. You got guys like Devontae Wyatt. Then you got Nicobe Dean, who I think has put on a little bit of a little bit more weight. Uh, and he last year had flashes of number three. We will not say his name <laughs> in a good way, uh, but he had flashes of number three. And I, I will say, I, I here's the way I'll put it up. That my answer to it is actually it's funny you talked about the linebackers and the defensive line because to me. The defensive backfield is the in the SEC is the biggest difference maker. Well, I say that defensive line is like I think the trenches wins games. Uh, excuse me, I think the trenches gets you in the game, and I think the defensive backfield wins the game. Is the best way to put it. Yeah. Because if you have experience back there, like we have Eric Stokes, we got Richard LeCount. Those are both two guys that came in together, same same class, upperclassmen, and then you've got three. Two or three really talented corners across from Stokes. I mean, Tyson Campbell, DJ Daniel emerged last year, and then the only the only soft spot is Lewis Seen, who I think is a really really good player. But this will be his first year starting in that position at the safety opposite of Richard Count. But then you also have all the guys below them on the depth chart can all play the star, can all play the dime. You got Tyreek Stevenson, Keely Ringo was going to come in and be a game changer i i am certain of it but obviously he had that situation um where he had the shoulder surgery uh i believe it's a shoulder surgery and and so he may be back the first half of the year they're not really sure but man we got guys we just have so much talent i think kirby's just never going to be in a situation where he's not going to recruit elite uh defensive defensive backs and and so i'm i'm excited to see especially with seeing being a big hitter and Richie being a, a growing into that leadership role, I think the defensive backfield is going to be. I'm I'm looking forward to big things from them this year. Well, and I think and I think too. I, I'm I'm with you because you you said it. We can talk about any group of uh, group of guys on the defense, and it's going to be. And we're sitting here just groveling at their feet, yeah. <laughs> salivating, <laughs> and they nah. haven't. And this group hasn't uh, played a snap uh, in, in the 2020 season, and. And I don't want us to overhype them, but it's it's kind of like we have so many guys coming back, 
and we have so many guys because of the way Kirby rotated the defense over the last couple of years. So many of these guys have seen playing time, and so many of these guys have had time to stay healthy and to get prepped up and, and, and to see – to see game time in the biggest of stages. I mean, you you right. just you've you've got. I feel like we pay. I feel like we play a hundred guys on defense, and we only have like eighty something on the team. And I, but I feel like we're we're rotating guys so often, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's just a beautiful thing to see. And uh, I'm with you. I, I think I've been wanting. We've been wanting LeCount to take that role. I mean, he, he's a yeah. guy. He's a guy who has been just. He's been chipping at it. Uh, the last couple of years and last year was getting to that point and we've uh he's had some moments where he we makes me want to run my head through a wall but then he at the same time this past year has really stepped up to be that guy and i think he very much so turned a corner last year oh yeah i i felt like that. absolutely absolutely and has done it and and really makes an impact in, in in more ways than ones i think being in that leadership role i'm excited to see him do that and so I, I'm excited across the board. I, I don't want to overhype them, um, but I, if anything, if we, we have the defense that is effective as last year's defense, we're going to be we're going to be in such a good place, man. It's just it's just going to be a beautiful thing to watch, and um, we just need to keep doing what we're keep doing what we're doing. Dan Lanning's done a phenomenal job. Um, we've we've just got. We've just got a hell of a <laughs> we've got a hell of a group hell, of guys. Hell of a defense, hell of a coach. You know, talking about Dan Lanning, I mean, across the board, like Trey Scott, you know, early on in, in his career at Georgia, I mean, he was being, you know, he was being uh, targeted as like just not a very good recruiter, and like obviously was being, uh, uh, you know, people are thinking that he's about to lose his job because of so, but. Man, he's he turns around, gets Jalen Carter to come in here, and then before you know it, Jordan Davis is 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 what he is. I mean, he's a, an extreme talent on our on our defense right now. So top to bottom, man. I, I mean, I think we're just so solid on defense. It's almost like you can't even have much of a discussion about it. It's like, well, yeah, they're just too damn good. Uh, I don't want to like, you know, count on chickens before they hash. But I mean, sure enough, I mean, this is this is one of the better defenses we've seen on paper right now. Looking forward to Richie. Being that guy in that in that defensive backfield, and I mean, you look at a guy like uh, Aaron Murray, for instance. Okay, yeah, I mean, compare a captain of the offense to a captain of the defense. You know, Aaron Murray really did not turn into what he was until junior year. I feel like junior year, 2012, whenever you know he took us, he led us to the SEC championship, and then the following year, led us to games or kept us in games that. We may have had no business even potentially winning. You know that that effort. I hate to bring up the 2013 Auburn game, but that effort in that game was enough for me to say Aaron Murray laid his laid everything out there. And so I'll just say this: I, I expect Richie to be every single snap, every every game, playing his ass off for the dogs. And I think he'll be a big leader this year. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Chance, you got any more thoughts on the defense before we kind of run into the quick schedule one down and then uh, kind of finish this thing off? Let's do it. Uh, I just want to say, if you look at the schedule real quick, obviously it's, I mean, we got a full SEC schedule. I, I will say that, obviously, the biggest game on the schedule is Alabama. The fact that we have three 
Auburn, Tennessee, and Alabama. Thankfully, both two of those three are at home. But Auburn, Tennessee, and Alabama, uh, all all three in a row. Still, am not buying the Tennessee hype, but I don't want to glance over Arkansas. That's our first game. That's great, but Arkansas is ass. So we're gonna <laughs> skip over them real quick. But that Auburn game, I'm just not sold on Bo. I think they're they kicked a player off the team this past week because he was apparently mouthing off to the coaches and there was a big uh, fight and whatnot. And then Tennessee, as much as they want to make them back, just like they wanted to make Texas back, Tennessee's not back yet. They've had their share of issues. Uh, and then, then you look at that October 17th date, and I think that is the de- deciding factor. That If we beat Alabama then I feel really, 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 really good Oh, yeah. going to the, through the rest of the season. Like, really, for, really for damn good. For sure. <laughs> I think I, uh, I, I'm – absolutely, if we do that. I, I mean, I, I think even I, – I, I'm good with your assessment of those first three games. I, I think Auburn and, and Gus Malzahn, I, I, I struggle with them being ready to go. Uh, with everything that's been going on, I just don't see them as as a team that has the. I'm trying to think of the the right words here the the mental fortitude to be able to handle everything that's been going on. I mean, you see, it just it just it's almost like they they seem like they're just guys that are like, yeah, I'm going to Auburn because playing time, or like I'm you know going to Auburn like I live close to there. Or, you know, it's just. It's not. It's not. Doesn't what it feel used like they're be. like ready to fight for Gus Malzahn, right? You know, right. And, and a lot of people go in there for, for for heritage reasons and things like that, and just the 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 history of the program and that kind of thing. But um, I, I can having them early, I think, is good for us because I feel like we are, especially from the defensive side of the ball. The thing, the thing that helps me in my heart going into this season, the thing you're most worried about is defense. You should be, especially in the first part, because if you're not, if your defense is not ready to go, if you're not able to keep teams from from scoring points, you're not in that. You're not in these games, because it's not so much how many points can you score; it's it's can you control them? Can you your defense controls the game, and, yep. and so especially in the SEC. So I I feel good about having them early. Um, uh, to, just for me, whether that's warranted or not, it's whatever. Also, uh, going looking at Tennessee, I really hope. Pruitt keeps uh, talking some smack about Kirby's golf game because <laughs> now, I forgot about that. Now Kirby just wants to just murder him, <laughs> and so uh, also Kirby uh, slaughtered him in his tweet <laughs> talking about just murdered him in that response. So um, what did he say? He doesn't play with twenty five handicaps or <laughs> something like that. So um, so lo- love that because um, usually his only Twitter only thing he says on Twitter is "Go dogs" when we get a recruit. It's go dogs yeah. with three exclamation points, and then he comes with that the other day, and I was like, that was the first thing I saw. I didn't see what Pruitt said before, um, but I'm very thankful for that. Uh, but you're exactly right. Going in Alabama, into Tuscaloosa, uh, it's a rematch of the last two SEC uh, or the la- uh, last couple years uh, a SEC championship game this past year. Um, I mean, man, I'm. It, it's going to be. We're going to know so much getting to that point. But if we're even, if we're even keeping that game 
close. Like I said, I don't know where Alabama's at. Uh, I mean, I don't know where they're where we're all going to be at that point in a month or in a couple of months playing them. Um, gosh, that's really only in about a month. Uh, that's wild. Um, but uh, but it's if we're just we just need to be. I want to I want us to hang with them and play them hard. I mean, obviously, I want to win the game. But if we can come out of that out of there with a win, I am. Um, I feel real, real, real good. I I think that we just like what you said earlier, we will know a lot about our team after October third against Auburn, and I I know it's technically a home game. Home field advantages are going to be weird this year. Like does like you look at this past weekend? Does Iowa State even? You know, is that even a ball game if they have fans in the stands? I mean, how much did that affect? Which I think they did have fans. I mean, it's just like, you know, if they have a full stadium, does that make that much of a difference? So I don't know what all that's, that's going to look like, but I feel like Alabama, just like I think a lot of the media pundits are saying, that's going to be the big turning point, yay or nay, in our in our season. But then, in my opinion, if you look in the middle, middle section of our season – that Kentucky game is the one that I would say, if I had to pick a trap game, that's one that scares me the most. You go you go up against Auburn, you go up against Tennessee, you go to Alabama, you play Florida and Jacksonville, you know exactly what to expect. But if you go up to Kentucky up in Lexington and old, what's his name, Mike Stoops? Is it Mike Stoops? Yeah. I mean, he's got that team turning into a contender. And I and, not a national contender. I'm saying just a a solid football team year after year at this point, and he's doing it with you know three star, three star recruits and everything like that. I mean he's really turning into a program. That's the one that scares me the most. Thankfully, at least they won't have much of a, you know, home field advantage like I was saying earlier. I mean it's at Kentucky. I mean what do they have like sixty thousand, seventy thousand fans anyway? So I don't know, but. It is what it is. I mean, what what is there a trap game to you besides Kentucky, or is that? I mean, I think I, I think Kentucky. I mean, what, that would have been my pick uh, for for a trap game as well. Uh, I, I think you always have to be because coming off Alabama, whether we win or lose, especially if we win, you're coming off a high like no other. Yeah, and yeah, so that's another thing. And, and so mm-hmm. if you if you win that game. You, you're coming in off a high and then having to travel again to uh, to to Lexington to play um, a, what's going to be a good team, which is what what is a good team each and every year. I mean, I think we've handled them pretty well, but they're always they're always ready to go. And so, um, home field advantage is pretty much non-existent. The only thing that you have to deal with is traveling, and we're going to do a crap ton of traveling. Um, I mean, that back half of the year, having the uh, back half of the season. Really, after that open week, I mean, we're we're only home two more times, and so I mean, going into South Carolina late in the year, that can always be. I mean, when, once you play Mississippi State at home, and then having yeah. South Carolina in uh, in Columbia, um, if just say for some reason we are undefeated going into that game, I mean, mm-hmm. just say say we are, or we've only lost one game, and we've got the SEC kind of wrapped up or whatever the case may be it's easy yeah. to, it's easy to go in there and just be sloppy um yeah. and then you don't know you don't know where we're going to be at from a health perspective or anything like that so south carolina to me is another one that i guess i just still have the spurrier uh ptsd in my in my my brain and, and it, it's just something that 
it's always a nasty game. I, I I'm with you, and and I actually just checked the calendar. That's, I mean, this is crazy. We play South Carolina Thanksgiving week, like the Saturday after Thanksgiving Day oh, is good. when we play. So you know, traditionally the Georgia Tech spot. How weird does that feel, considering you and I, for the majority of our, you know, for what we've been alive, we've played South Carolina early. I mean, it's been traditionally kind of a September game, and I mean, a lot of times has been the second game of the season. So I, it's just so weird that we were playing them late in the season. I'll, uh, I'll say that, man, you get past November seventh, and if you're feeling good after that, I'm feeling really good after that. You got four games against a lot of rebuilding programs. Missouri is <laughs> Missouri is not. They're they're about comparable to Arkansas at this point. Mississippi State, I think, will be good under Leach, but I mean it's his first year. South Carolina, I agree with you. I think that would be my second choice for the trap game, but it's also, you know, I still they don't have any weapons that I'm scared of, uh, at least offensively and there's that's a revenge factor in that game as well so and then you got Vanderbilt (laughs) so I don't know man I mean all eyes are going to be on you know that first half of that schedule or you know the first six games of that schedule and then man after that I'm feeling feeling pretty good if we come out of those with you know one loss or less feeling really really good absolutely absolutely it's just it's just going to be fun to watch an all SEC season I mean this is yeah. this has been something we've talked about and something that we've like I know I've talked about it and I feel like we've talked about it. we've had to have talked about it at some point but um, we talk a lot yeah so I'm sure <laughs> yeah. at some point it had to have come up but this to me is going to kind of prove the I think it'll be interesting to see what comes out of all this if the season if we get to December 5th and then going into the next week of, of an SEC championship game and the season was able to kind of play out, um, it's going to be pretty I'm, – I'm really excited to see what kind of the ramifications are of an all-SEC season because um, it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool to pretty cool to watch because we had all these big games lined up and, like, we were going to go play Virginia and all this kind of stuff and teams are going to have those home and away things. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens to those – games and how they have to reschedule those things and what that's going to look like and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I, I'm just, I'm curious about all that, but this, uh, this, this season is going to be, going to be fun to watch. It's going to be, I think, in my opinion, I think we, our, our, our strength of schedule got harder and, and, oh, yeah. and I don't know for sure. Like Virginia lost that quarterback, and I and and they don't uh, return. There was a lot of guys that they had lost either to the draft or you know to be graduation. Uh, and so, man, I you know, I think Mississippi State's not not going to be some pushover or anything like that. But you look at a all SEC schedule, man. I'm I'm with you. It just looks kind of awesome. <laughs> it looks it looks daunting, but it also looks awesome. So that first half is going to be a freaking circus, but and a roller coaster, but uh. Man, if we come out of that those first six games, I'm feeling feeling real good. Um, Chance, is there any other thoughts on on the schedule or anything like that? I think we're good, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm excited, ready to ready to roll. Well, I'm gonna real quick. I mean, that's 
a lot of what we have as far as the preview, but last year we did this thing where I gave you two players and you picked who you thought was going to be the biggest contributor to the team. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what you got here, Chance. I've got a few that are pretty pretty hard for you. Tyreek Stevenson or Mark Webb? Yes. Let's just go ahead and start out with a doozy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm feeling Tyreek. Uh, that's that's just me personally. Um, I, I, I was excited about how he played last year. Um, and But I'm... I feel good about uh, where he's where we're or about him coming into this year, and and so I'm going to go with Tyreek. I I want to agree with you, but I think that Mark Mark Webb is. It, I like how aggressive he is, and I think he does have the starting nickel job, kind of like the star nickel. Uh, kind of uh, he's solidified it. So I'm going to go with Mark Webb there. Excuse me, um, Channing Tindall or Quay Walker. Let's go with. Um, I'm having to. I'm having to break down all of the the film from last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go with Quay. Um, yeah. I, I think I feel good about. I feel good about him. Um, just. Uh, I'm trying to think of what games he kind of what what games are kind of kind of big for him this past year, but. Um, just just feel good about his direction and, and where he's headed. Yeah, I think I actually agree with you on Quay. I think he's going to have a good year. And I and both of those guys like came in, they came in the same class, and I expected them to honestly, I, at least one of them, to be a starter at this point. And I think at this point it may actually be Monty and, and Nicobe being the first two middle linebackers out there. So, uh, we'll see what those guys do, but I mean, I think both of them are extremely talented. But I do think I agree with you. I think I give the edge to Quay. What about Trayvon Walker versus Devontae White? A little bit different here because you got a defensive tackle, or really more of a defensive tackle and more more of a defensive end. But they both play, you know, side by side on the uh, uh, defensive line. So what do you think there? Um, I'm really, I'm really feeling uh, Walker. Um, he's this is kind of a hard one. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Trayvon. Um, I, I just think. Just think. I'm thinking back. You really these these were hard, and I don't like it. <laughs> but um, but but I do like I do like Trayvon, and I, I think um, I felt like he was a he was a, a presence on the line last year, uh, but. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good about him this year. Um, I'm I'm thinking he's going to be the I think he's going to be the guy. When you can get pressure like Trayvon does, just naturally from the defensive end standpoint, I agree with you. I think he if he is on his A game, uh, he's he's probably one of the best defensive ends in the uh, in the SEC. So I'm gonna, I'm with you on that. Uh, how about uh, Tyson Campbell or DJ Daniel? This is a big cornerback situation where okay, Tyson's been kind of historically kind of been banged up. DJ Daniel came in and played really well. Tyson's probably more talented. What do you think? I I think DJ this year. Um, I think he. I feel like he he kind of outshined uh, what everybody thought he was going to do last year with getting to play. Um, and so I, I feel I feel good about him this year. Um, kind of what you said that that uh, those defensive backs are um, are, are pretty. Just a just a jam up group, and but I'm I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with DJ this year. I think I, I agree with you. I think Tyson might have better 
potential. Um, but uh, I just I loved how DJ played last year. He's he's a very good coverage, uh, or excuse me, man to man corner, and that's what I like about DJ. I do think Tyson, like I said, is more talented overall. I'm actually going to lean lean Tyson if he stays healthy. I, I like Tyson a lot. Uh, so we'll we'll look forward to seeing what they do between those two. This is probably my favorite one. Zamir White or James Cook, my friend? <laughs> Might have been the biggest one of all of them. Uh, the hardest one to pick. I mean, Zamir is going to be – Zeus is going to be our, our, our workhorse. He's going to be the guy that obviously gets the, the majority of the carries. I think a lot of this, too, depends on Monken's philosophy and how he – is going to approach this. Uh, we don't know what that's going to be. Uh, but James James is ready for his, his breakout moment. I mean, the guy is ready to get going, can can kind of become uh, that – he can kind of become the, the Miko from a running back standpoint kind of, kind of guy and, and just being an X factor across the board. Um, so – I want to get one. I'm gonna, sorry. <laughs> I'm just. I'm. I'm giving myself time. I'm gonna say Zeus. I want to say. I feel like he's gonna have a great year. Um. Or I'm. I'm just hoping he is. This is more of like I want this guy to finally succeed and, and to be the be the dude. Yeah. And so I'm gonna go with Zeus. I, I'm gonna edge with Zeus as well. But I think James Cook. Gosh, man. I, I I've always been in a situation where I'm like I believe it when I see it with him because. He's just a little undersized, and it's hard, like especially in the, in, the, in the systems that we were running beforehand, where you had to be able to run through between the tackles. He just was at a disadvantage there, and I'm looking forward to seeing how we utilize his athleticism and you know use him as a weapon. But I think Zeus can be our workhorse, so I'll say he'll be the uh, bigger contributor. What about uh, Darnell Washington and John Fitzpatrick? Couple uh, backup or quote unquote backup tight ends. Who knows? at this point well yeah like we said uh i want washington to just be the, the monster that he is um we have no idea the guy's never played down but um i really feel i feel excited about him i feel like he's a guy that as long as he can do, get the blocking down correctly and, and fit into the scheme i feel good about him i feel like he's got enough uh just kind of raw talent to be able to to make an impact, make a couple big catches, get out and, and make some big plays. So I'm going to go with, with Washington. Yeah, I think he's definitely got more of the potential to him. I mean, Fitzpatrick, I mean, I'm sure he's a talented fellow, but, I mean, he's <laughs> – He's no Darnell. Me to sleep. Yeah, it put, about puts me to sleep thinking about him being our tight end. So uh, give, me, give me Darnell potentially getting some goal line packages and, you know, shooting over to the corner, grabbing a ball, putting a toe down. I mean, I'm – you know, give me some of that. I mean, he's what is he six twenty or something like that? I mean, the guy's massive. Uh, last one, couple of freshman receivers who we haven't heard a whole lot about: Marcus Roseme or Justin Robinson. What do you think? I mean, we're obviously just basing this off of what we've. <laughs> there's nothing really. <laughs> there's to nothing base it to base it off of. of so, um, based off of the highlights and stuff that I've seen. I like I like Rosemey. I think um, I I feel good about him. Um, I, to me, again, this is just who were who who's able to kind of show up on, on at practice and and kind of buy, buy into the system and um, who has chemistry. So I'm just gonna go with Rosemey. I like what I've seen from him. So he's he's my guy. 
they both have pretty solid highlights. I'll say I'll, I'll go with Robinson. He's the bigger. He's like six. I think he's six four. Um, and I've heard some rumblings that he's he's kind of flashed some of that athleticism. So I'm excited about the, both of them. But I'll I'll ring, lean with Robinson. Although Burton apparently is the guy uh, here lately. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we didn't say a single thing about George Pickens. That's okay. Everybody knows what George Pickens looks like. I just realized that, but we'll just say George Pickens is is already a, the man. So, well, I, I, th- I, th- I think what we're I think we'll, the, not bringing him up. He's really let's just let's get that moment in here. He is the one going to be the staple of our offense, and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. who's the quarterback they're going to be throwing to him. And so, yeah. he's going to be the guy going out and making that quarterback look uh, better than they are. <laughs> and so, we is number one <laughs> exactly. So uh, obviously. Um, just Mr. Highlight Reel himself. The guy is is phenomenal, and we're ready to ready to watch him play. So, whoever the quarterback is, we said all those things to say you're going to be throwing it to George Pickens, and he's going to make you look real good. Fax machine. Well, uh, I love it. Chance, do you want to run through just three quick games of the week, and then we can wrap this thing up? <laughs> let's let's wrap up this monster season preview. <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it. Uh, we gotta we gotta keep up with tradition. Games of the week, Chancy and Cheese games of the week. Uh, Houston plays Baylor this weekend, and Baylor is favored by eight points. What do you got there, Chance? Ooh, uh, just a lot of scoring. Uh, I'm gonna take Houston. Uh, new coach at Baylor and all this kind of stuff. So I'm gonna go with Houston. Ooh, I kind of forgot about that. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I will take. I'll take Baylor. I'll actually take Baylor to cover there because they get the experience on the uh, on the uh, quarterback position and they get some solid receivers. So I'll take Baylor. Uh, South Florida plays Notre Dame. Notre Dame's ranked number seven coming into this weekend. Uh, they just came off of a win against Duke. Chance, uh, they're favored by 26 points against South Florida at home. Who Ooh. do you got there, Chance? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go South Florida. That's just a huge gap. That's just a lot of points. Yeah. I, and and. I don't know. That's just a lot. I guarantee you South Florida's not a good team, but I also think that there's always a lot of overvaluing these teams that have won after the first week. So I'm with you. Give me the points. 26, that's almost four touchdowns and next points. So we'll take that. Miami is uh, playing Louisville this weekend, which I you know I think will actually be a pretty good, uh, pretty good game. Louisville's not a bad team this year. Uh, they are ranked 17th and 18th, uh, respectively. It's in Louisville. They are favored by one and a half points. Here you got their chance. Let's go. Uh, let's go Louisville. Um, I think they'll be they'll be decent. Um, and having that quote unquote, we know that home field advantage is always questionable. But uh, we'll we'll especially. Even, I don't know what the situation yeah. is with with the like yeah having fans in the stands. So, so yeah. I don't know if that's going to make a difference or not. Either way, it's not really a big deal. So um, it's kind of <laughs> one of their games normally, anyway. So, um, so yeah, I, I I'll go Louisville. Man, is it Louisville or is it Kentucky that has Kroger Field? It's Kentucky. Isn't yeah, it? is it Kroger Field? Yeah. yeah. What a great name. Uh, I'll say, you know, I'm actually a little surprised Louisville's favorite here. So I'll, I'm gonna go with them. I'm gonna go with the favorite favorite team. Uh, Chance. That's all I got for the games of the week. Thank God, because we need to wrap this thing up. It's been like seven hours. Uh, is there any other closing thoughts here? I mean, I'm excited about the season. Arkansas, by the way, real quick, probably won't do a preview for them. I don't know. We'll see. We'll let y'all know. All we know, all I know right now, Chance, is Sam Pittman's their coach. 
used to be our coach, and uh, Felipe Franks is their quarterback, and we are going to wreck. That's all I know. <laughs> I think uh, Felipe uh... – I think the same thing that happened while he was at Florida is going to be the same thing that happened (laughs) (laughs) while he's at Arkansas. Pretty good record, right? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to literally beat the hell out of him. Um, Looking forward to it. Yeah, so I'm I'm pumped about it. Uh, If you want to, you can just listen to the first half of this episode this week and then listen to the second half next week (laughs) since it's so long. Um, But, but yeah, I'm, I'm pumped up, man, just ready to ready to kick kick off and uh, and get this bad boy started less than two weeks my friend less than two weeks is that right yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. not this coming saturday but the saturday after that yeah so man freaking love it well uh i'll say this really looking forward to it everybody be praying that we uh you know make it through this week unscathed uh, as far as the other teams that have played this past weekend but uh otherwise i'll just say go dogs dogs on top Ooh.